Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey, sh- <laughs> hey, Shannon. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 31. Um, Shannon and I are in a giggly mood because we were talking um, some giggly stuff right before we hit record. So, hi, everyone. Um, uh, wow, 31 episodes. Um, that's one more than 31 and one less than 32. Can you believe it? I can believe it given my um lack of understanding of math but i'm impressed <laughs> i'm surprised we're here i'm surprised that we've made when, it um, <laughs> also i'm super when sorry are we actually... about last episode's quality <laughs> <laughs> oh tell us janet tell us um yeah it was just bad and apparently it's from like my phone being close to um the microphone <laughs> it just causes all kinds of bad things but you know what we learn and anyone who's still here after that episode, God bless you. And thank you, America. <laughs> it's okay. Look, we forgive you. I forgive you just because you figure that out. And like I said, I wouldn't have figured that out like fast enough that my phone was causing interference. Like that's, I don't know. I feel like you hear about that stuff, but you never actually think it's true. I don't know. Well, so you know what? It's good. You've been <laughs> forgiven. Also, like maybe it causes interference for me, but not for you, because like the CIA is tapped into what I'm doing for some reason. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So, hi everyone. Episode thirty-one. We're here. We have something spooky for you today. So, um, we wanted to go back to the more, um, not that last episode wasn't, but to the more paranormal, um. Sm- spiritual shall we say side of things and we want to so get dirty in the you... occult we do we do i mean that that's kind of our roots you know episode one demons and witches hashtag never forget yeah um we are bringing you haunted artifacts today um you know that doesn't Shannon... sound that spooky but like i think that it kind of is <laughs> It is spooky. Yeah, no, it, it, it is spooky. We just have to get into our cases. So, um, uh, Shannon, have you ever been in the presence of a haunted object? Uh, does the mirror count every time I look into it? <laughs> it's cursed. Fair. <laughs> it shows me what I don't want to um, see. <laughs> I mean, I haven't. I, I, I haven't had the misfortune of having to be in the presence of a haunted artifact. However, I did make that episode, episode five on the Dybbuk box. That's another haunted artifact. It's just that this episode we're focusing, at least I'm focusing more on dolls. So that's why it's different. Um, also, like, mm. this is this is like, like, unconfoundedly, like, demonic. Whereas the Dybbuk box, you could argue that it could have been something else. So that's where I am right now today. Um, are you and gonna that's be bringing what we're going to be getting into. Are you going to be bringing up Chucky? Because that's an iconic film series. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said that he didn't scare the crap out of me as a kid. Yeah, that's both my cases. So the first one is Chucky and the second one is uh, Chucky's Bride. So <laughs> that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Um. <laughs> I know you're lying, but that's hilarious. I would love that episode. Oh, my God. If, 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 any of, if you've actually seen the movies, I can't remember the name of their kid from uh-huh. uh, Seed of Chucky. I think it's like, oh, it's Gene. It's Gene. Uh, also, like, I was <laughs> completely aside. I was watching this, like, video recently, this video essay that was basically arguing that, like, Seed of Chucky is, like, a trans rights movie. 
<laughs> oh my god! Wow. And, yeah, and if you haven't, yeah, if you haven't seen Cedar Chucky, like I mean, I, I, I have, and it kind of makes sense. Like I never thought of it that way. Like basically, the 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 kid of Chucky and 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 Jennifer, the two dolls, right? Uh, he is like. I mean, it's not ever actually explained, but you assume it's a boy, but he's, like, very effeminate. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, he ends up, like, killing someone in, like, while well, well dressed in drag. Like, the mm. doll is dressed in drag. And so, like, there's a lot more nuances in the story, but, like, you see a lot of, like, you know, like, very... Out, like out there gender expression with the doll in the movie and mm. so that video essay basically touched that and i was like wow like we stand yeah so, that sounds yeah. really interesting <laughs> it's really interesting um but it was like so badly received by the public at the time that it came out i think it was like 2005 or rather it just didn't make enough money that when the creator of the chucky franchise tried to bring the character back a couple of movies later um the studio was like absolutely positively no <laughs> um yeah like you're not bringing back gene like no one like that um yeah it was also the time when the chucky movies like had gotten really comedic like they really became like like satirical almost like parodies um and like the studio was like after the failure that was seed of chucky financially the studio was really trying to get away from that and go back to the scary movies so i don't know well i mean we have that remake with aubrey plaza now for some reason that no one asked for (laughs) I mean, yes, but it was still good. But actually, it doesn't matter that it was good because, did you know, it has nothing to do with the original creator or the original franchise. Really? Completely different studio and also very vastly different story. And do you know why it's so different? Also, do you know why the doll in the new one is actually a robot and not a doll? Okay, you it's just because... spoiled that. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I did not. Like, it's literally in the trailer. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> in the trailer. I don't watch trailers. I'm um, Like... Long story short, original movie, Chucky was, like, a doll that someone did voodoo on and, like, put their, like, spirit into it after they died. The new uh-huh. movie is just, like, an evil AI, basically. Oh, my God. That's um, kind of dumb. So, yeah, so I guess it's much more plausible. It's it's basically, like, Skynet, right? And and the it's reason it's so different to a different story... <laughs> 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 the reason it's such a different story is because, like, to summarize, Child's Play came out, right, in, like, the 80s. So... After that, um, studio, so Studio A owns Child's Play. The first movie comes out. Studio B comes in and they're like, we want to buy the rights to this. Mm-hmm. And the creator is like, sure, okay. Um, can I keep making the movies? And the new studio was like, sure. But it's just that we are distributing them now. Us, the new studio. And he was like, okay. And he can make in the movies. So what happens? Well, the... Um, this studio, the new studio, uh, they you know they they're the ones that did all the like six, seven Chucky movies that exist already. Um, but um, they wanted to reboot the franchise, but because they don't own the first movie, they can't use that story. Oh, and so they had to change it completely. That's stupid. right. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. I mean, it does make sense though, like copyright law. Like, I mean, I. If I was Studio A, I would like that they can just, like, use the story for the one first movie that I still own. Um, so, yeah, th- that's why they have to make him a robot, and the story is completely different, and it's just, yeah, it's way different. So, so yeah, is his it's name just, it, it, it just has, it's, no, it's just the same, I mean, his name in the movie is, like, Buddy instead of Chucky, uh. but, um, 
so yeah, it's, it's very different. But the doll, the doll looks alike, and the movie is called Child's Play. So really, it's just a different movie that they plastered the name onto for name recognition, and that's it. <laughs> wow, I like how I was like, oh, we should have an episode on this, and I feel like we just did. Like we just had like a mini episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Spooky. You're welcome, everyone. So now, onto the cases. Would you like me to start? I would actually. I would very much enjoy that. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into this. Hi, everyone. Today I'm going to be talking about haunted artifacts, and I will be starting with the case of Annabelle the Doll. Now, Ooh. all of you Conjuring Universe stands already know about Annabelle the Doll, or Queen Annabelle. She's been spooking people for a long time, since the 70s. So, you know, she's been out here. Now, what the fuck's up with this doll, and how did it all start? Very simple. In 1970... A mother purchased an antique Raggedy Ann doll from a hobby store. The doll had been a birthday present for her daughter, Donna. By the way, I'm getting all of this from Nesper, the New England um, uh, Society for Paranormal Research, which Ed and Lorraine Warren founded. So this is the best source you can find on Annabelle, basically. Um, So Donna was uh, preparing to graduate from college at the time. Uh, She was going to be a nurse. And she lived in this small apartment with her roommate, Angie, um, who was also a nurse. So what happens? You know, uh, Donna's mom gave her this doll. She has it in her apartment now. The doll mysteriously seems to start moving around the house. Uh, It's like small movements at first, such as like a change in position or something like that. But as time passes, the movements become more noticeable and Mm. like bigger movements. Uh, well, Donna and her roommate Angie um, uh, would sometimes come home to find the doll in a completely different room. Sometimes with her legs crossed, her arms folded. Sometimes the doll would be standing on its feet. I don't even know how that's possible if this was a Raggedy Ann doll, <laughs> but it would. <laughs> um, well, I do know how it's possible, demons. But anyway, the doll was you know scaring them because it was doing all kinds of creepy shit. So what happens? Uh, this shit keeps happening until it gets to the next level uh, at one point. And that next level is the doll starts writing messages. The doll starts writing messages like help us and help Lou on parchment paper. Parchment paper that neither Donna nor Angie had ever purchased or had in the house. So Mm -hmm. they had no idea how the doll had gotten access to fucking parchment paper. But anyway, it was leaving uh, messages written in red ink, arguably blood, I hope not, around the house saying help us basically. Um, so there's that. Um, uh, what happens? Well, one night, Donna comes home to find that the doll has moved again. And okay, like, the doll moves all the time. That's nothing rare. But this time, she felt that there was something different about it. And so she got spooked. Uh, a sense of fear came over her. And she inspected the doll. And she realized that the doll had blood drops on the back of its hands and its chest. Um. Mm. So yeah, we we yeah we don't know where that came from. The doll just had a blot on her one night. So things are clearly escalating. That's kind of the point that I'm trying to make. And they keep escalating. At one point, Donna, not knowing where to turn, is like, "The fuck! I need to know what's going on." So she contacts a medium, and they conduct a séance. And uh, the the medium tells Donna and Angie that um the doll is being possessed by the spirit of a seven year old girl that died years ago, where the part complex is now built called annabelle are you following so far i am it's escalating very quickly though like you said <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> um, so they're like, oh, okay, like, we're not so spooked anymore. That makes sense. The medium explains that Annabelle was a young girl that resided on the property before it was uh, demolished and, like, the new apartments were built, like I said. Um, she was um, seven and, like, I guess she was murdered like at some point that's not completely clear but like her body was found at some point like she Mm -hmm. didn't just die of old age well obviously she was seven (laughs) um so basically little girl was murdered there and then the place was reconstructed that's basically the story so what else the medium um tells donna and angie that the spirit is relating to the medium that she felt comfortable around donna and angie and wanted to stay with them and be loved um, Donna felt compassionate towards this plea and gave explicitly gave during the seance stupid fucking Donna permission to Annabelle to inhibit the doll and stay with them so why is this so stupid right if the doll was already with them anyway because you I mean you know in hindsight now that we know it's a demon you are not supposed to I mean you're not supposed to do anything but like she has gone out of her way now to welcome this entity into her home. So now the likelihood of you being able to like banish it from that property is not as good as it was. (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so she's like, Oh sure. You know, you're, you're, you're able to stay because you're just a little girl and we feel bad because you were never able to pass to the other side. Basically. At least that's what Donna thinks. Also stupid medium. The medium was probably like a con artist because it didn't help them at all. And this was not at all the case. Um, anyway, they keep the doll. What happens? Angie and Donna were friends with this guy. His name was Lou. And uh, he had um, known about the doll since the day the doll arrived at the apartment. And he'd visit that apartment sometimes to hang out with his friends. Um, on several occasions, Lou warned Donna that he thought the doll was evil and that she should get rid of it. But Donna never listened. Um, uh, what happens? Well, there's a couple incidents that really take Lou off and finally take this to the next, next level. One of them was uh, one night Lou awoke in uh, like a deep panic. Um, he didn't know what was wrong, but he felt like a presence. What happens? <laughs> I hate this. Guy like lifts his blanket and sees like looking down towards his feet he can see the doll uh he can see annabelle and he can see that it slowly starts to glide up his leg and moves over to his chest and then stops i don't like that (laughs) i hate that that's so within seconds the doll was strangling him um uh, lou of course yeah, in in true sleep paralysis fashion, was paralyzed and now gasping for breath at the point of asphyxiation, after which he blacked out. He woke up the next morning certain that what had happened was not a dream and was determined to rid himself of the doll that was obviously possessed. He was just like determined to get rid of it now. Um, uh, so the next day, Lou and Angie are preparing for a road trip. And they're reading over maps alone in in Donna's apartment. Um, And all of a sudden, the apartment gets really quiet. Well, suddenly, rustling sounds come from Donna's room. And uh, it it sounds like someone broke into their apartment. Um, Lou goes to check. He makes his way to the bedroom door. He waits for the noises to stop before entering the room. He enters the room and he sees nothing. Except Annabelle in the corner of the room just, like, tossed on the floor. 
He is freaked out. Then he feels like someone is watching him. He turns around. Nothing there. Then in a fucking flash, he finds himself grabbing for his chest, doubled over, cut, and bleeding. His shirt was stained with blood, and he opens his shirt, and he sees claw marks on his chest. Seven claw marks. Three vertical and four horizontal. And they were hot. They were what? (laughs) They were hot, like burns. Oh. What the heck? These scratches healed almost immediately. Half gone the next day, fully gone by day two, according to Lou's account. Hmm. In case you haven't put it together, seven ain't a good number. Also, these claw marks were supposed to represent the mark of the beast on Lou's chest. So, bitch just got marked. So, they really have to get rid of this stall now, or some shit's really going to go down. <laughs> and this is how I know this. I'm going to get a little ahead of myself just so I can explain this properly, because I think it's important. Um, at some point... Well, actually, no. I- I'll touch on it later, because I want to follow the narrative. So, what happens? You know, Lou gets scratched. Donna now is like, okay, this is serious. Like, the medium obviously was not right. This is not a little girl. This is something else. So Donna contacts uh, the local church. The local church father, Father Hegan, contacts a higher authority because he feels like he can't really deal with that. And uh, then that a higher authority, a father cook, com- immediately contacts the Warrens. So it was, you know, like a, like a game of phone to get the right people to go help these young adults and so the warrens make their way to donna's apartment and uh, they let donna and angie and lou know that the doll obviously is not possessed by a seven-year-old you know spirit girl uh it's actually being manipulated by an inhuman presence they explain to them that spirits do not possess inanimate objects like houses or toys they possess people and a human spirit can attach itself to a place or an object, which is what had happened in this case, but that doesn't mean that the demon was actually possessing it. Think of it as the demon was moving the doll, like, with his hand. It's just that the demon's invisible, so all you see is the doll floating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? I, 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 I don't know. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, that's what they say. Uh, again, and they explain what the demon is trying to do and why it's important to get the doll out ASAP, especially since she already marked one of them. Yeah. Uh, they explain that the spirit is manipulating the doll and creating the illusion of the doll being alive in order to get recognition. Mm. Um, not because it's like doll, but because it's, again, it's trying to get attention. Um, so it can possess a human host. And the way this works is they basically explain the process of demonic infestation. And they say that the first stage is, you know, sometimes they don't attach themselves to anything. They just move shit around. Sometimes they do attach themselves to something. In this case, this demon did. It attached himself to a doll. The first step is whatever you're attached to or whatever you're doing to cause a ruckus, to call attention to yourself. So the humans notice you. The second step is to scare them, to concern them, to basically like try to break their minds, right? So they don't know what to do and they feel scared and they become more vulnerable, which apparently is something that demons can basically smell like dogs, fear, right? So the third stage is actual possession. I mean, the second stage at some point, like 
someone might or might not get marked. In this case, Lou clearly did, which was, according to the Warrens, the demon's way of saying, I'm fucking coming for you. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, he got, he got, he got marked. And like that, that is supposed to lead to the third stage, which is actual like demonic possession. Like once he keeps breaking their morale and their strength down, the humans become more and more and more vulnerable and he can take one of them as a host. That's basically what I understood from all of this. And okay, one, I had no idea that like there was little like a like a step by step process. <laughs> so if I ever become a demon, I know what to do. Thank you, Warrens. Um, and two, uh, it, it makes it really creepy for me because like basically what the Warrens are saying here is, listen, bitch, if you had kept this doll one or two more weeks, one of you would have gotten possessed, if not like harmed or all of you killed. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, so I- I'm sure they didn't like hearing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's basically the bigger point that I was trying to get to. Um, that that there, there's this kind of this is kind of process, and they were in the second stage, and they gladly contacted someone in order to help them. And the Warrens, you know, they were able to t- take the doll with them, and so the doll was no longer a problem. Um, the, before they took the doll, though, they did contact a priest to have the house like like with holy water, like douse the house with holy water. They said that that would have been enough for this uh, demon to no longer reside there. Uh, They really hoped that the demon would just, you know, stay attached to the doll as they took it to their house. And then they'd be able to, like, store it away, which they did in a box. I don't know if you've ever seen the picture of Annabelle in a box, but Mm, it's a very famous picture. It's like an open window box. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe I have. It, it, I don't know. It, yeah, it's a very famous picture of the doll. When you look up Annabelle doll, like it's one of the first pictures. It's her in her glass box, and you can see it's a Raggedy Ann doll. Uh, which, by the way, I was like low key disappointed when it wasn't like a creepy like ceramic <laughs> doll. Like what the fuck? But I mean porcelain doll. But whatever. Um, yeah, I had a Raggedy Ann. Anyway, <laughs> it wasn't possessed She's unless coming. it was, and now I'm possessed. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is that why I have maybe those was, scars just, on like, my pa- chest? <laughs> Yeah, maybe it just maybe the demon just like completed all these stages with you. You just like it was with a doll, and then it possessed you, and now here we are. Uh, yeah, um, here we are. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, wow, a living example of the process. Amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean the Warrens they reiterated what I said earlier, which like basically Donna fucked up by uh, like uh, like giving this demon permission to like haunt the apartment. That's stupid. Anyway like verbal recognition anyway um uh, they take the doll the warrens take the doll they put it in this glass box that they built for it they like douse that in holy water and the doll has been there ever since and this kind of has a happy ending right because you know the the stupid teens or whatever like they didn't get killed they're fine um and that's the story of animal the doll pretty creepy oh actually i do want to add one more thing so when the Warrens were taking the um, the doll home, um, they put it in the back seat so Ed could like watch it in the rearview mirror, <laughs> like because <laughs> like I guess he needed to keep an eye on it. And they say that um, like every curve they would take, the car would swerve on their way home, and like it would stall with every corner, causing the power steering and the brakes to fail. And like they almost got on like collisions a couple of times on their way home. And so at one point, like, 
on the drive and reached into the back seat into his black bag and took out a vial of holy water and doused the doll, <laughs> making the sign of the cross over the doll. And that apparently like stopped everything until they were able to get home. So pretty crazy if that's true, you know? Um, so they said holy water wouldn't stop it, but it seems like it stopped it. I mean, I think it just it's kind of like it controls it for like a couple of minutes. It's like a it's like in video games where you like it's like when you like throw a banana at someone in Mario Kart, like it makes them slower, or you know, yeah, um, yeah. So, um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So they you know they took it to their house. Um, all kinds of shit happened while it was there. Like it would levitate. Um, it would like appear in different places of the house, um, and like they were getting tired of that. And then they took it into. Like they, then they put it into a box. I should have clarified. So they didn't like do it immediately. They actually yeah. didn't know what to do with it. But then it started causing problems, just like in the original apartment, and they just put it into a fucking box. Um, uh, people would go visit it, obviously. Um, uh, at one point, uh, they tell this the story of like this um, Catholic exorcist that came and visited their museum. The Warrens tell this story, um, and he said to the doll like oh you're just a ragdoll Annabelle like you can't hurt anyone and tossed the doll back in a chair um at that point Ed said that's one thing you better not say uh the exorcist clergyman left and a few hours later called the Warrens and said that his brakes almost had failed as he entered a busy intersection and almost died so (laughs) (laughs) I mean honestly like kind of deserves it but whatever um uh another story that i like just thought was fucking crazy was like there was this um like person visiting their museum of things i don't know if i don't know maybe they 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 weren't open as a museum back then because i feel like that's only a recent thing but uh, um uh the point is that someone visited their basement with all of their haunted artifacts and um it was this man with his girlfriend and apparently this man like went up to the doll to defy it and like banged on the case insisting that if the doll could put scratches on people that he wanted to see scratches on him and ed said to the young man like you need to fucking leave and like kicked him out of his house um uh, on the way home this a young man and his girlfriend were like riding in their motorcycle and laughing and making fun of the doll when the guy lost control of his motorcycle and went head on into a tree dying (laughs) instantly um Uh... the girlfriend survived was hospitalized for over a year when she woke up she was asked what happened, and she said that they were laughing about the doll when the guy lost control of the motorcycle. Uh, this beautiful article ends with um, the sentence, Ed warns you, do not challenge evil. No man is more powerful than Satan. So. <laughs> huh. You know, <laughs> I wish that there was like a good handy dandy, possibly paranormal mechanic out there who would take a look at these people's cars and motorcycles. You know what I mean? Just to kind of clear the air. Um, because, you know, there could be anything wrong with your car. Um, <laughs> also, she's in her I little mean, demon box, right? I mean, yes, but, like, that's the thing. I think the demon box is it's kind of like the holy water, but even stronger. But that doesn't mean that the demon has no power at all. It's just very restrained. But it can probably still make you have a little bit of an accident. You know, I mean, you know, like, the clergyman didn't die. Um, maybe all it can do is kind of, like, fuck with your car a little, but it can't actually put you in an accident. Um, like, maybe the motorcycle guy wasn't supposed to die, but once he lost control, he, I don't know, he, he was supposed to regain it, but he freaked out too much, and so he didn't. I, I, I don't know. Um, 
but but I, but I, it definitely seems like he has enough power to do some shit to fuck a little with you. Why didn't they just like destroy it? Like why keep it? Um. Okay, so from what I understand, I feel like I may have even seen this in the movie. Actually, like they asked that at some point. <laughs> um, once the doll, if I understand correctly, once the doll left the apartment, once the demon, like, the, the demons still stay attached to it, uh, and the warrants concluded that either it couldn't unattach itself from it, or that it liked it enough that it wouldn't do so willingly. Like, I mean, it's hard to get into the mind of a demon, but they didn't know why. But the point is that it was, you know, it it had stayed with the doll even after it wasn't going to be able to possess any of these young people anymore. And so the Warrens were like, okay, so for whatever reason, it's attached to the doll and seems to like being attached. Let's keep it attached and put it into the fucking box and everything should be fine, which it has been for the most part. Um, They think that if they destroy it, then the demon would, you know, obviously by virtue of the doll being destroyed have no longer any attachment and would be free to roam anywhere whereas if you still have it attached to the doll like sure maybe it's a little more dangerous because it has a physical form where it can attack people or like strangle people like it did with Lou yeah. but it's also better in the sense that it's it's like its presence is restrained to this physical fucking thing and so if you have that physical thing like tied somewhere then the demon can't go anywhere. So it's it's a matter of containment. Yeah. I'm wondering if you can do like a transferring and kind of transfer like a demon into like your favorite pair of underwear and just have like, <laughs> you can either wear them or you can give them to a priest because a priest has access to holy water. Just give it a spritz once a day and see see what happens, you know? What would happen? <laughs> Would that give you, like, good luck, or would it just, like, smite your enemies? I love that. I don't know. I mean, like, it it can possess any... I mean, it it can attach itself to any inanimate object, according to this theory. So I guess it could attach itself to, like, a pair of Hanes. So that's pretty interesting. Like, imagine, like, a pair of Hanes, like, gliding gliding up on my leg at night and, like, trying to strangle me. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Well, that is what I have for you. Well, mine's a little less sexy, <laughs> if you can call a Raggedy Ann doll <laughs> that. Um, I, I'm still confused why she chose that poor guy. I don't uh, Whatever. She's sexist. I don't know. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, it could be. On, uh, to answer your question, it could be because he hated the doll the most. Oh. So maybe it was just trying to get revenge on. Yeah. 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 That could be. That could be it. So you might want to like pull this up as I tell you what it is because I kind of want you to see it. Um, I would okay. send it to you, but obviously I can't because my phone's across the room. Wow. <laughs> so this is called The Hands Resist Him. It's a painting and it's painted by a man named Bill Stoneham. And it was painted in 1972 to kind of give you a reference if you want to look that baby up. It's Oh, it's- <laughs> wait, I think I've heard about this. This is This shit's like actually cursed. <laughs> It's so creepy. Wait, like looking wait, at what it, is you're it just called like, again? what? Huh? What is it called again? The the hands resist him. Okay, okay, keep talking. Go ahead. I'm gonna look it up. Okay, so this is a really weird looking painting. Um, it's considered one of the world's most haunted artworks, which I mean, we'll get into why. 
So in the painting, you can see a young boy standing next to a female doll. Um, I don't know what kind of doll she is. I don't even know if they had a reference or if this was just from the mind of Bill, who was like, here's this creepy looking glassy eyed thing. That's obviously not a human. Knobby limbs. Um, they're standing in front of a glass panel door and you can see through the glass, um, there are a lot of hands pressed against it from the outside, but you can't see what the hands are attached to. It's kind of more like a mysterious, like, people are looking in or trying to get in sort of deal. So, mm -hmm. according to Bill, Bill Stoneham, the painter, um, the boy is based on a photograph of himself at age five. So I guess it's it does kind of have a reference. Um, the doorway is a representation of the dividing line between the waking world and the world of fantasy and impossibilities, which, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know why there are hands pressed against it. That's kind of sinister for possibilities. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the guide, okay, sorry, the doll, the doll is a guide that is supposed to escort the boy through the door. Um, so the, the hands are supposed to represent alternate lives, but... It just seems a little too foreboding for that, which I guess it's Bill's painting, so he can say whatever he wants about it, but it's creepy. It's really creepy. <laughs> so mm. so the, the thing about this is that it's... I don't want to say that it's a hoax, because I don't necessarily believe that. I think that it there's a good argument for it, but also there's not a good argument for why, it's, why it can't be real. You know what I mean? And... Mm -hmm. So basically, the way that this first became kind of subject to, like, conversation is it was posted on eBay. <laughs> eBay, the place where many things happen. Um, I'm sure you mm -hmm. can think of a few weird things that have happened on eBay. Um, so <laughs> this happened in 2000 of February. So that's, like, what, 30 years? 28? Yeah, 28 years after it was painted. So this California couple, they had somehow acquired the painting. It's not really clear how, but they were like, okay, I'm going to put it up on eBay. They put the picture up for sale with a warning to potential buyers saying that it was haunted. And here's what they said about it. They said, come nightfall, the figures in the painting would move or disappear where the odd-looking boy would actually enter the room where the painting was hung. Um, so, like, physically entering that room, or the doll would disappear. Um, people who viewed the painting complained of feeling sick or weak, as if unseen hands were grabbing them. Which, I think, <laughs> if you, like, study art history, I think that there is something to be said about viewing a painting and kind of feeling something with it. I haven't mm -hmm. really felt that, but... There is something psychological to that, whatever it is. But I mean, when I see it, I definitely feel. I just feel like someone's watching me. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have a I webcam? I get that feeling. Do you have a webcam? Because someone <laughs> might be watching you. <laughs> Maybe. Hi, Obama. Oh, I think Obama's on vacation. <laughs> well, you're right. Yeah, him and Michelle are in Hawaii right now, I think, so. Hi, NSA worker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, Stoneham didn't really know about the haunting lore, you know, like he was surprised when he found out about it. He was kind of like, oh, 
people are speculating about this painting being haunted. But he did say this. He said that both the owner of the first gallery to show the hands resist him and the art cricket, <laughs> cricket, the art critic who reviewed it both died within <laughs> one year of seeing the painting. So I think I heard that. Yeah. Shit, dude. That's fucking crazy. Right, but then I I wasn't able to find out how they died. So like maybe one like choked on like a pear and the other one just had like heart failure. Like you don't really like, That don't doesn't know. that doesn't make it any less weird, especially when, you know, they do share the the fact that they both came in contact with the painting. Yeah. I I guess the little doll demon thing could have force fed him a pear. <laughs> you never know. So <laughs> when it was first displayed, this is the first gallery, it was displayed at the Fame Garden Gallery in Beverly Hills, California. Whoop whoop, that's pretty cool. I mean, maybe in the 70s Beverly Hills wasn't cool. I don't know. I'm not educated. Um, <laughs> so it was basically just Stoneham's work, so that's pretty cool. Um, the art critic who reviewed it, he was from the Los Angeles Times, and during the show, the painting was purchased by actor John Marley, who was in the movie The Godfather. And then a few years after that painting was sold, um, the art credit died, and then the gallery owner died, and then in 1984, John Marley died. And so some people are kind of speculating that maybe it also got to him, because that would be following the other things, but I don't know. So sometime, sometime after Marley's death, um, the painting was found on the site of an old brewery, um, and this was from the same people who posted it on eBay. So um, basically, I guess that's where they had it. It's probably at the brewery. I don't know. So included in their claims of the haunting... Um, there was supposedly <laughs> this is really weird i i found this one to be like the least convincing but you know how i said like stuff would appear or disappear in the painting um mm -hmm. so <laughs> they also said that the, the okay it's really weird the female doll would suddenly have a gun and that she would be pointing it at the boy and basically forcing him to leave the painting and for some reason, that just makes me laugh because, like, that's so overdramatic. And, like, why would she need a gun if they're not even, like, real people? <laughs> I, like, I, I do see that the doll is holding something, but I don't think it's a gun. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's very clear. But it's like, well, why does she want him to leave? Isn't she the dangerous one if the boy is based on Bill Stoneham? But then again, I don't really know. There's a lot I don't know. <laughs> so there was a... Yeah, it looks kind of like... Like a dry cell battery and like a tangle of wires, kind of. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess anyway. that could be kind of like the handle or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so included with the eBay listing was a disclaimer. And it basically, it was the sellers absolving themselves from all liability um, based upon who would buy it. So basically, like, if this haunted ass painting kills you, like, we don't. We don't assume any liability for that. Like, you bought it on eBay. Like, it's your responsibility. Which, honestly, like, yeah, that's fair. Um, 
And then, you know, if if you're like me and you're like a skeptic and you buy it, it's like even more like you shouldn't be blaming the person you bought it from. <laughs> like, yeah. So obviously, like the kind of weird, the, the, the weirdness of this eBay listing made it that, and this is in 2000. So try and remember that like people didn't have like personal computers until like 1995. So this is still like the early years. Um, Anyway, so everyone kind of forwarded this eBay link to their friends and like kind of wrote their own stuff about it because people were just so fascinated and just really believed that this was real. And people were saying like in comments and stuff, like even just looking at this online, like you said, it makes me feel ill. It, I don't like it. Like, so it was actually viewed over 30,000 times, which is pretty crazy for an eBay listing, I think. So- Wow, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so after the first bid of $199, the painting, um, it did receive about 30, 30 bids. It sold for $1,025. Not bad for Dang. something that's That haunted. feels kind of cheap for the whole, like, lore around it. <laughs> yeah, but I guess, like, were people into buying stuff that could potentially kill them, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, would you buy it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Okay, so this is what the buyer did with it. And I think that this is basically what you would, <laughs> you would do with it. They kept it in storage. And they refused much, much bigger offers from people to buy it. Because I'm guessing they believed in the haunting. And they didn't want anyone to have access to it. Um, that, or they're just letting mm. it appreciate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Both smart things to do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the buyer, I guess, Perception Gallery in Grand Rapids, Michigan, the ones who kept it away, they eventually did contact Bill Stoneman, and they told him about an unusual story of its auction and their acquisition of it. And that's kind of how he heard about it. And then people who, because he was like looking into this, and the people who thought that the girl, the doll, who was holding a gun, um, they did, he did say, oh, it's just a battery and some wires. So if you believe Bill, which, ah. yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I stand Bill. Maybe he like made it because he knew that he wanted it to be haunted. I don't know. Which would be a very Maybe. sinister twist. Maybe he actually. Maybe he actually wants to harm people and make the world a worse place. And so he created this haunted painting. <gasps> actually, I have a better idea. What if the doors and the hands are actually a portal to another dimension and he was trying to make it? Mm, maybe. Also, why is the, the painting called the hands resistant? Because those hands are definitely not resisting him. They're trying to get at him. Well, I guess the door is making them resist him. Oh, that's what it means. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's like something metaphorical. I don't know. Um, so this kind of re-entered the zeitgeist in 2016 when a man named Darren Kyle O'Neill, a man with three names, published a dramatized account of the haunted artwork um, entitled The Hands Resist Him, Be Careful What You Bid For. And he basically created a fictional rendition about a serial killer who um, is known as the life swapper and 
Yeah, so that, I mean, it is fiction, I guess, but it's, it's like an ekphrastic piece on the, um, the art. But he had this to say about it, which is interesting, and I want to read to you now. I'm going to directly quote. I first saw it online when I was living in Dubai. I printed it out and left it on a side table next to some other documents printed on the same printer with the same paper. Anyway, I went to Italy for a month. When I came back, the air conditioning had gone awry, everything was green mold, the TV bed sheets, my daughter's cot and clothing, all of my suits in the closet and the documents I'd printed all green, but right next to them, the only thing that was perfectly untouched was the printout of the painting. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I also, like, his, he says that his air conditioning went awry. Would that really cause green mold? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know either, but, I mean, I don't know what it's like in Dubai. <laughs> Is it moist in Dubai? Probably really dry and hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I found that one interesting. So, what do you think? I think this is all really eerie. Um, I think that just seeing the painting, it is definitely spooky on its own. If this is just like an urban legend, I don't think it was really necessary. I yeah. think just the painting in itself is, you know, spooky enough. But that's not really paranormal. That's not really podcast material. So let's assume that it is real. Um, well... I certainly hope that just looking at a replica doesn't do you harm because I looked at the fucking picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but also I remember like seeing it in high school. It creeped me out. Um, uh, I think that I think that if it is real, it's not the craziest thing that I've heard surrounding a, a haunted artifact. It really isn't or a cursed object. And I'm, I, I kind of want to believe it just because it's spooky and cool. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like a beware story and those are good to hear um but i don't know i'm kind of split i'm kind of split i'm not like fully convinced yeah i don't know shock i know shocking shocking (laughs) (laughs) you know what's interesting about what you just said about like the replica like that is totally just like the movie the ring did you see that yeah yeah like she makes the copies of the um the the film or whatever and if you make a copy then it won't come for you or whatever <laughs> but if you just view a copy yeah, so, it kills you but I, like that's a replica yes yeah, so i'm really hoping that's not the case with this <laughs> <laughs> well all you have to I don't do want is the little doll girl to like <laughs> slide it under the door of one of your family members and just you'll be safe noted i'm writing that down <laughs> um that's good. That's yeah, good. I do um, have another one, but if you want to do yours, you can. Um, mine's not that interesting. So. No, no, no. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Okay. You're in the mood to be spooked. <laughs> I am. Okay. Sounds good. So this is the Bassano vase. And do you say vase or vase? <laughs> I say I say vase. Really? I don't understand yeah, what the difference is. Yeah, because I'm snobby is. like that. Like I don't, I don't get it. What's the difference? <laughs> I mean, one one is a snobby way to say it. The other one's just regular. It really just depends on your personality, I think. Wait, which one's the snotty one? No, the snobby one is vase. Then why do you say that? 
because I'm snobby sometimes. Let me be. Fuck, Shannon. Oh, I was just curious. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, the vase. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was, um... <laughs> It was made in the 15th century, um, presumably. I don't know if we can like really like carbon date that or whatever, but presumably the 15th century. And there's like lore behind it, but there's no way to like really verify if this is true, which is why I was kind of like, uh, not sure about this one, but it is like, it's an object, so whatever. So it, it supposedly was made for an Italian maiden on her wedding night. Um, I don't know why she would need a vase. Maybe, like, in the 15th century, it was, like, a chamber pot or something, which would make this a whole lot weirder. Um, or maybe it was just for flowers. I don't know. But the young bride, she died that very night, clutching the vase and vowing to seek her vengeance. And it's not clear how she died or who she was, which is why I'm very skeptical of this one. But it's spooky. So, here we are. Um, so, basically... There were family members that had inherited it after her, but they all seemed to die after inheriting it. So finally it was hidden away because they were starting to see this correlation. Um, basically, it was unearthed in 1988 with a note inside reading, Beware, this vase brings death. And the vase was sold to a pharmacist who reportedly died three months later. And then the next person who owned it, a 37-year-old surgeon, um, he, I guess, died too? Oh yeah, he did. He died. So first we have the pharmacist, then we have the surgeon, and then the next owners who had it, they were so desperate to get rid of it that they tossed it out of the window, where it hit a policeman on the head and nearly killed him. So the family refused to take it back. <laughs> And then I mean, listen, okay, first thing I want to say is, um, like, it has a note in it that says this vase, like, this vase brings death, like, you, like, the people who got it after that, like, they're stupid, like, they deserve to be haunted, like, <laughs> it's hard to find, I mean, actually, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to find decor that looks good with the rest of your decor, you know? Like, you can't just go to Home Goods and find, like, the perfect vase. You want the haunted one because it looks right, you know? People You're want... like, listen, it brings death. But this shade of mahogany, I'm not going to find that anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, supposedly really old, which gives the antique quality. Like, this is the kind of thing that you would see on, like, one of those hipster home networks for, like, 10 grand, okay? Um, any hipster would be glad to have it. <laughs> listen this vase is gonna kill me but when the police come to my house and they find me dead on my sofa their wicks are gonna be pulled back <laughs> because my interior decor is fucking snatched so everybody shake shaking your boots why does this sound like some person talking on one of those like shows where they buy homes and like everyone's really like rich for some reason <laughs> but like they have like no job <laughs> <laughs> you always wonder what they do. You know it's like human trafficking. Anyway, back to the... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so the, it's allegedly reburied in a coffin, um, but it does get unearthed again, I'm sure. Um, so its whereabouts currently are unknown, um, but there is constant stories of its deadly power. Um, yeah, and then... Hold on, I need to turn my page. 
we always do this. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so somewhere in between getting buried, the vase was actually auctioned off, um, much like the painting. However, this was auctioned off for a lot more. It was auctioned off for 4 million Italian lire. And I'm gonna pretend like that's a lot. <laughs> But it's actually only like twenty yeah. five hundred dollars in U.S. currency. Oh, yeah. Okay. But four million Italian liar. <laughs> we don't actually the re- know the real sc- that, like the real scary fact there is that that coin was so depreciated. <laughs> four million of those is just twenty five hundred U.S. dollars. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so. That was sold to the pharmacist, and then the surgeon, kind of going deeper into his death, um, he... Oh, it doesn't say. I thought it said. Okay, no. Okay. So, within three months, the collector who bought it after the surgeon perished, and his cause cause of death was a mysterious infection, um, and then the causes of death and other victims have not been severely detailed or anything, and... We basically have, like, little information until it's tossed out the window. Um, anyway, so... Ugh, I'm so annoyed. I, like, accidentally repeated notes. You're gonna have to edit this out, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Oh, okay, so... The police officer, they're called a carabinieri? I think that's what it's called. So there was another carabinieri... Um, who was, like, in contact with it during this, like, intermediary time, who said that he could feel the negative energy of the vase, and he decided to dispose of it. Um, But then again, we don't know, because there are accounts of it being buried in a holy ground of a cemetery. Some people say it's buried in a lead box somewhere or in a coffin. So (laughs) I don't know why people just don't break it. Like, like I said before, like, let's just destroy it and whatever's in it can get out and then we'll just deal with it then. But I guess that is kind of irresponsible. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm just saying like, anyway, so to kind of conclude this, um, I kind of already stated why some of this is kind of more urban legendy. It's like, we don't really have any dates or names, but one thing that I found really convincing for why it's not super reliable and this is totally based on paranormal interest as well so the Pasano vase is said to be made of silver and surprisingly silver is not a good choice for a cursed object silver is more closely associated with being used to stop evil or ward it off not to propagate it so it's kind of like why would you (laughs) have something cursed made of silver and Yeah, I just, I thought that was really interesting because it makes a good point. Like, if most protectional items are made of silver, why would something evil be made of silver? But then again, you can also possess a Raggedy Ann doll, so I guess anything's possible. So that's the vase. Yeah, yeah, I don't, like, like if, if some, if an entity is, like, powerful enough to kill people by, like, being close to them, I really doubt that whatever they're attaching themselves to being made of silver is really gonna like stop them or exempt you know what i mean like (laughs) what if it's like a werewolf i mean that's i mean that's not at all what we're talking about i mean yeah if it's a werewolf then it's not gonna work but like we're talking about like invisible entities demons basically um is that what we're talking about ghost i don't know (laughs) 
Yeah, like, we haven't really um, discussed what it could be. Like, we hadn't just assumed demons. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, mine, definitely a demon, at least according to the warrants, you know, and I have you have to go by something. And I'm just, I'm just going to go by what they say. But your vase, your vase, I don't know. I mean, I assume demon because I can't think of anything else. Like, well, can't a curse just exist on its own without being an entity? Can't it just be a curse? That's... That's something else that I was thinking about. That maybe yours... Oh, I love that there's, like, a differentiation here. We're so technical. Um, uh, mine is a haunted artifact, as in if it's as, as in it's being haunted by an entity. Whereas yours could be a cursed object, as in the object, like, is malicious on its own, even if it doesn't have sentience. But rather the fact that you're near it will cause harm. Yeah. Just because, you no, know, the thing is cursed. Um... That could that could be. That doesn't really require an entity. I think it just requires like someone to put a curse on it. A witch, maybe? Um, oh. someone, someone who knows how to do that? See, that's an interesting narrative. Because what if like a scorned lover or something gave the bride the cursed object to kill her? And then... Dude. Yeah. That's good. I can buy that. And then just unfortunately it made it all these years <laughs> to all these people who had nothing to do with it. And it's like, hmm... Sorry, guys. Yep. Fucking sucks. Yeah, I can totally buy that. What I can't buy is that vase. No thanks. But um, that's an interesting take. Um, you know, if you want me to touch on, on, uh, on my last case, I'll do so quickly. It's not too long anyway. Okay. Um, I liked your case. I think it's spooky. I think it's creepy. Um, I'm scared of Voss for the rest of time now. Um, I didn't like him anyway. They're fucking ugly, so... Um, that's what I have on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, I'll go ahead with this. It's Robert the Doll. Have you ever heard of Robert the Doll? I have not. Okay, well, get ready. So, Robert the Doll, you may want to pull it up, but for those of you who don't know what it looks like, um, and it's no Raggedy Ann doll. Robert the Doll is this, like, it's it's almost like life size for like a three year old boy. It's like this little boy in a sailor suit. Um, his careworn face is only vaguely human. Uh, he has <gasps> I like hate this. Like this. <laughs> I can see it. I hate it. Yeah, so you much. do, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has like a knob of a nose that looks like a pair of pinholes. He's covered in brown nicks, like scars, and his eyes are like black and beady. Um, he, uh, has, like, an evil smile, kind of. I don't know. Uh, he also has, like, this, his, his own little toy of his own. He has, like, a dog on his lap. And the dog's also, like, looks fucking crazy and has huge crazy eyes. Anyway, what's up with this doll? So, apparently, this doll, um, okay, so the actual story of the doll is this, um, uh, doll. His name is Robert. Robert is 111 years old. Currently resides in the Fort East Martello Museum. However, originally belonged to a boy named Robert Eugene Odo. So they share the same name. Robert obviously named his doll after himself, which is kind of weird. It really <laughs> makes you think about like, okay, so it's haunted now. Does it have anything to do with the boy? Is it the boy haunting it? But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So anyway, the boy was called Robert. He actually answered to Gene, which is like his middle name. His name, his middle name was Eugene. Um, but his name was Robert nonetheless. Um, Robert was, a, the doll was a childhood birthday gift from Jean's grandfather who bought the doll during a trip to Germany. 
Um, uh, after the kid received the doll, though, he started having a very unhealthy relationship with it. According to um, a curator of the museum where Robert the doll lives now, um, uh, he apparently knows that back 100 years ago when the little kid owned the doll, the kid would take the doll everywhere and talk about it in first person as if he weren't a doll. To him, he was like Robert, you know, the, the person or the entity or whatever. Um, as if he was alive. So the kid would talk about him like that. Um, uh, this is really interesting. After some digging, the museum um, where Robert is now uh, traced Robert's origins um, as far as like where in Germany the, the kid's grandfather bought it to this place called the Steiff Company in Germany, which apparently, fun fact, the same toy maker that made the first teddy bear in honor of Theodore Roosevelt. You know how teddy bears are, are like, inspired by Theodore Roosevelt, right? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where it comes from. Teddy, this is in Theodore, because, like, he, he was all about national parks, and so we were like, you know what? Teddy bears. Like, Aww. yeah, so like, every kid that's ever had a teddy bear, they're actually honoring or whatever president, 20 something. I'm terrible. Anyway, um, so that's where he came from. That's not really relevant though, because that doesn't explain at all, like, why the doll could or is haunted. Um, but that's where it came from. Um, apparently, it was, like, not meant to be sold as, like, a toy, but rather it was being manufactured um, as part of, like, a set of fabricated. Um, uh, like like a it was like for like a window display at a shop of like clowns and jesters, so interesting fact. I don't know if that helps, but anyway, um, uh, I mentioned that the doll is dressed in a sailor suit. Um, that sailor suit did not come with the doll. It is assumed that the little kid wore this outfit himself, <gasps> um, and then just decided to put it on the doll. Which yeah. again, I wonder if that has something to do with the doll like being creepy now and haunted. Um, yeah, this, yeah, this can be confirmed, but, like, they're pretty sure it was the kid's sailor suit. Um, uh, now, what happens? After some time of having the doll, again, this was, like, 111 years ago when this kid had this doll, right? It was, like, early, uh, 20th century or late 19th century. So the kid has this doll for a while. Bad things start happening. He gets, like, broken bones. He sees people, like, fall ill around him. Like, people start having accidents. All kinds of shit. And he starts blaming the mishaps on the doll. Um, but no one believes him. And But he also, like, doesn't actually want to get rid of the doll. Even if he thinks he's harming people. Because he loves this doll so much. Which makes me think, was the kid brainwashed by the doll? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, as an adult. Um, the kid, now an adult um lived in this like artist like complex he was an artist and he lived with like other artists they were his roommates i don't know and um he took the doll with him so like imagine me like a 20 something year old like college aged person and you're with like your dudes and like you're and you have like this big ass like <laughs> three-year-old size doll uh anyway he took the doll with him to like art college basically um and uh, he, he you could see the doll position at the upstairs window of this like complex and like he would just keep it there and i just wonder why his roommate stopped anyway um <laughs> um apparently school children school children from like across the street there was a school they could see um like the window of you know the the place where like robert lived like the adult yeah uh, and they said that they could see the doll appear and reappear <laughs> um and yeah and, and so the school ch school children would like avoid that like apartment complex because they were scared of the doll um in 1974 um otto died 
and uh, as in Robert Eugene Otto, Gene, the, the guy, he died. And um, Myrtle Roeder uh, became the new caretaker. She was um, in charge of... Um, actually, she was just some person. She wasn't in charge of anything. In 1994, she gave it to someone who was in charge of a local museum. And it's been residing there since. Um, so, <laughs> to a um, Mrs. Convertito. So, it's had, it's had three owners in its lifetime. It's really interesting. Um, and I think, thankfully, the last owner has been a museum because that thing really should be kept under surveillance. Because, boy, like there's a lot of history but basically to summarize like the doll has been blamed for um obviously hauntings car accidents broken bones job losses divorces a bunch of other shit so bad doll shit can i blame (laughs) Um, robert the doll for all the struggles in my life too (laughs) yes you can (laughs) and now you can too (laughs) um yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that's the doll. Something super fucking spooky, though. Just like with Annabelle, like, don't fuck with dolls, right? Especially if you think, like, a demon or something is attached to them. Because that thing is going to fuck with you. <laughs> Apparently, like, you know, he became really popular after he was in this museum. Because people, you know, like, like um, learn more about him. And so, like, word about the doll spread. And he started appearing in TV shows and whatever. He even had, like, his aura photograph for a TV show of, like, ghost hunting at one point. Proving that he indeed was alive because he had an aura. What? But, I mean, I don't believe in auras to begin with so that's bullshit to me um anyway so anyway he gets a lot of attention right so people start going to this museum a lot and this museum becomes a really hot spot you know for tourism and apparently you know obviously it's bound to happen that some people are going to be assholes and so some people um like you know like play with the doll as in like they they dare the doll or they defy the doll they're like you stupid fucking doll and then like they start having accidents or shit starts happening to them or people start dying and the, like mrs convertito the person who's like the caretaker for the doll in this in this uh, florida museum she says that the doll gets probably one to three letters every day but they're not fan letters they're apology letters <laughs> because the victims um of you know of of the doll the visitors who fuck with the doll they attribute like the misfortunes that that happened to them afterwards to the doll to to them disrespecting robert and so they <laughs> try to write to the doll begging for forgiveness um so yeah <laughs> oh my goodness wow <laughs> i um, know it's so crazy. that's really interesting i i'm not sure there's anything to confound it like for like real but i want to believe it because that like looking at that it's just it's so creepy like it doesn't look right <laughs> yeah i know i know like why the fuck would the grandfather want to buy his like grandson this stuff i don't know maybe people had different tastes 100 years ago you know, people did wear and do pretty creepy things, and even clowns were way creepier back then. So I don't know, but it is a creepy looking doll. It is fucking weird. I forgot to mention that apparently some people, now that I recall, some people apparently ride the doll not to beg for forgiveness, Shannon, but to ask like the doll to like curse or like hex people who have wronged them. That's fucked up. That's really that's weird. fucked up. <laughs> Can Robert the doll read? Um, I don't know. I mean, you just don't know. The The lady that takes care of him says that she will just leave the letters there, um, like, sometimes, and then, like, pick them up days later to archive them. Who knows? Maybe at night, Robert does read them. Um, some money... Some people apparently leave, like, money and candy for the doll, because there was, like, a rumor going around that the doll liked candy, so that's something they do. Um, sometimes people will leave, like, like joints. 
Um, <laughs> like legit. Uh. And the museum person says that she says it's really inappropriate and she hates that <laughs> that people just leave weed for the dog. yeah. Hello, he's a minor. Um, yeah, uh, that's that. Um, if any of you um, have heard of Robert Dahl recently, he sounds really familiar uh, in recent memory. It could be because you saw his um, advertisement that got almost 9,000 Facebook likes of his face photoshopped onto that picture of Kim Kardashian popping a bottle of champagne into a glass <laughs> balance on her ass. Um, that's something they did to garner attention uh, to their museum. They wanted to get votes for like a grant, and they got it. So thank you, Kim. Um, wow. They got money to keep the museum open. We're all really happy. We stand. Um, so maybe if you if you if you think you recognize what I'm talking about, um, it's because of this. If, if you re- if you recognize what, what I'm what I'm talking about, Robert the doll. <laughs> um, uh, so that's Robert the fucking doll, dude. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Um, I am intrigued. I am glad I don't own any dolls. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um uh if any of you want what am i even gonna say like if any of you have ever been haunted by a doll please let us know in the comments below <laughs> i don't really think that's happened but listen we're open to anything i don't give a fuck send me a dm send us a dm we'll read it hey um but also, no seriously <laughs> what send what? andre cursed objects he wants them for pasta no <laughs> Thank you. Cursed bowls, <laughs> cursed vases, cursed um, bidets. I mean, listen, if, you, if you're going to send me cursed shit, at least, like, make it something that I can actually use. Like, either send me, like, nice cursed shoes <laughs> or a couple of nice cursed shirts. Um, some Something along those lines. A nice cursed belt would be useful right about now because I'm needing a new one. So, for work. Did you say so belt? So, there's that. Um, yeah, I, I did thought say you were going to be like, I'm going to hang um, myself. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, belts are multi-purpose. I'll just say that. Um, uh, everyone, if you have any suggestions for future episode topics, please do let us know. Uh, you can send us a DM at TalkScary. Uh, also, we are on all podcast listening platforms. Uh, you know, listen to us there or uh, drop us a review. We are on TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, everywhere, iHeartRadio. Um, uh, yeah, Chen, anything else? Um, speaking of dolls, this is totally not sponsored, but y'all should check out Sam and Mickey's YouTube channel. They make hilarious, inappropriate Barbie stop motion, and I'm addicted. Sam and Nikki? Sam and Mickey. Dude, they are bosses. Two girls who literally voice, like, over 20 characters and, like, make these really badass stop motion. Oh my god. Amazing. Are you talking about, are you talking about the most popular girls in school? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, I'll check it out. Yes. Um, thank you for that. <laughs> Everyone, please go check out Sam and Nikki. <laughs> We're definitely going to be touching on this next episode. Um, uh, everyone, uh, the Mothman is real. Dolls are scary. Um, don't eat any large meals before bed. Everything is cursed. Don't touch anything. Be careful everywhere. Never leave your house. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.